Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey everybody, welcome back to Grain Markets and Other Stuff. Thank you for joining me. It is Tuesday, December 22nd. It's about 10 a.m. Central Time as I speak here this morning. Thank you for uh, coming back and watching. Uh, those of you listening on the podcast, thank you for listening. Remember, if you have not already subscribed to Grain Markets and Other Stuff, go on whichever podcast app you use. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, go on YouTube and uh, hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate that. Everybody who is watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. That would really help me out. If, if you like the content that I'm putting out here, hit that like button. That's the biggest thing you can do for me. It'll help YouTube to uh, kind of distribute those videos and get them out there. And uh, the channel is is certainly growing, and uh, I certainly appreciate everything you guys have done for me. Remember, if you need some help with your grain marketing, as always, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Go to that website, click on grain marketing plan here in the upper right-hand corner. If you would like to know when, how, and specifically I am pricing corn, soybeans, and wheat uh, throughout the year, check out that subscription service. It's 49 bucks a month. I will let you know via a daily email and also a text message service exactly how I'm pricing these crops. It's broken down by crop, by crop year and percentage. You don't need to have a trading account. There's no extra fee, no other obligation. You can cancel it at any time. Um, certainly uh, might be worth your while if you're seeking some improvement or really if you just like to know uh, what I'm doing every single day of the week. Wanted to talk about uh, options today, and in particular, uh, one type of option strategy that I am not very fond of, um, if you look at the title of this uh, episode. And um, as a broker, I, I never talk about doing brokerage here, but I've been a broker since 2005, and uh, I've, I've seen every sort of strategy imaginable um, in regard to hedging, hedging corn, soybeans, wheat, cattle, whatever. I've seen every sort of strategy imaginable executed um, over the years, and I, I've got a pretty good feel, I think, for uh, what works as a hedge and what doesn't. Uh, strategies that are are typically more successful at, at at in hedging uh, risk in these products than others. And when I say successful, I don't necessarily mean that they always make money. Um, any any good hedge position is probably going to lose money on the board uh, when the market goes up. And, and a good hedge strategy should make money when the market goes down. So I, when, when I say a successful hedge strategy, I don't necessarily mean a strategy that makes money every single time you put it on. What I mean is that it's a strategy that is successful in in achieving your goal, which is to hedge downside price risk. And that's what I'm interested in here when I'm talking about hedging uh, uh, whatever it is you're producing, corn, soybeans, wheat, cattle, hogs, whatever. When, so when I'm talking about a successful hedge strategy or strategies that I've seen work over the years, I don't necessarily mean that I've seen them make money consistently over the years. That's a whole different ball game. What I'm talking about is that I, I've seen these I've seen a lot of strategies that are successful in hedging downside price risk. And then I've seen some strategies that uh, that I see executed that are not necessarily as successful at hedging downside price risk. And um, the strategy I'm going to talk about today is is one that I 
am not a fan of, uh, do not necessarily think it's, it's, it's enormously successful or really efficient at managing downside price risk. And there's going to be some varying opinions on this because, um, as, as a broker, I, uh, I advise people on, on what to do. People ask me what I think I tell them, but I hear a lot of strategies from other advisors, from other brokers that people will call and they'll want to execute here. And if, if you've been in the commodity business or you've done brokerage, you know what I'm talking about. You'll get somebody that'll call you and say, Hey, Hey Joe, um, uh, this guy over at, at this other firm or office or whatever wants to do this strategy. What do you think about it? I get phone calls like that pretty often. Uh, I'm well aware that I'm not the only, uh, marketing advisor out there. And in any case, um, it's, it's always kind of interesting to see what other people are doing. But um, there's in a lot of the hedges that, that I see are options ideas, you know, different sorts of options, uh, whether it's just buying a put option, which is, you know, the most basic option hedge or different types of, of strategies. But there is one in particular that just never sits well with me when people put it on. And that particular strategy is what people would call either a put spread, a bear put spread, um, a debit put spread, the, the type of spread that involves buying one put as your hedge, but then selling a put below that put in order to cheapen up the strategy. This is the sort of strategy that I really, really do not like as a hedge. I'm going to put a chart on my screen here just to give you an example as to uh, what I'm talking about here. This is a March corn chart. March 21 corn, the nearby contract. Um, an example of this strategy would be something like this. Um, I'm going to buy the 440 put, which is at the money, and then I'm going to sell the 410 put, which is out of the money, in order to help pay for that 440, right? That's that's a simple, uh, what guys would call a put spread or a bear put spread. Um, they would buy this as a hedge, right? And the idea here is that you're going to pay 16 or 17 cents for this 440 put, which guys might say, that's kind of expensive. So I'm going to sell this 410 put here to offset it. And, and you'll collect maybe four and a half cents on a day like today for that put. And those prices are going to change with every minute of the day. I'm just giving you an example here. So rather than just paying the, the 16 or 17 cents out of pocket for the 440, you're going to sell that 410 and, and do the spread as a combination. And, and maybe you'll only end up paying you know like 12 cents or 13 cents for the spread or, or something. You've, you've cheapened up the cost of your hedge. My issue here is this. My issue is this. When I think of of the word hedge or um, or I'm trying to hedge production, I want to be able to make money if this thing goes down much further than 410. Like I'm I'm not concerned so much about the board going back to 410. What I'm concerned about is is some sort of event that would cause a, a sharp, sharp sell-off in the market. Like this area down below 410, 390, 380, 370, 360. We were at those levels not that long ago. And, you know, if you get the right thing to happen, whether it's uh, it's like some sort of, of event, a 9-11, a nuclear attack, um, stock market crash, any, any of these like black swan events, if I put a hedge on on the board, I want to be protected uh, at every minute Every minute of the day, I want to be protected uh, against an event like that. And, and do they happen often? No. But those are the sorts of events that can can really ruin somebody financially um, uh, when you're talking about being a producer of, of any given commodity. So I just, in, in the vast majority of instances, I just don't see the reason why anybody would want to be short this 410 put below those 440 puts. And I'm not just talking about the corn market right now. I'm talking about any any position in any market 
just about ever. I, I know that people will make the argument with me and they say, Joe, we need to cheapen up these options. They're too expensive. Volatility is high. So I'm going to take advantage of the high volatility by selling that put. And that's fine. Um, I, I, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't agree with it. I, I don't think that that uh, suits anybody well as a legitimate hedge strategy. Um, the other argument I get is, is well, Joe, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy this 440 put and then I'm going to sell the 410. And when the 410 gets down to a penny, I'm going to buy it back. And, and then I'll have the downside totally open. That might work out fine. But if you're smart enough to predict what the prices are going to do, you have no reason to, to hedge at all. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if, if, if you're so smart that you can predict what volatility is going to do, what the board's going to do, how these options are going to be priced, uh, say, several weeks down the road, I mean, what business do you have even hedging? Why not wait until you know that the top of the market's in and then sell it? It just the the counter arguments uh, that somebody would would make to me in in who would be proponents of this type of hedge, I just, I don't get it because I don't think anybody can predict prices. You certainly can't predict these sort of black swan events that I mentioned. And that's why they're called black swan events. They don't, uh, these are not things that happen very often, but um, I just, I don't like the idea of not having coverage if some sort of catastrophic event would occur. Uh, the other argument that I might get when I say something like that is, Joe, well, if, if the market starts to go down, I'll just get out of it. Um, there have been instances, you don't see it so much in the grain markets, but it's certainly possible where you'll get like multiple days of, of a limit down trade. Uh, we've seen it in livestock uh, quite a bit over the years. And uh, if that were to happen, you may not be able to get out of these options. There may not be uh, options markets. There may not be good options markets, uh, depending on how bad the situation is. I just see so many flaws in the strategy and and I get why you would want to do it. I want to cheapen the options up, right? That's 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 the game plan here. I'm going to cheapen the options up. But that that three or four cents, or, or even in the case of the bean market, say you sell something below the market for 20 cents to to cheapen your cost, it still doesn't it, it still doesn't get me past the fact that if we run into one of these black swan scenarios or just any sort of real sharp sell-off that happens quickly, um, you're not covered. And you're going to have to take a loss on that short put in order to regain your coverage to either buy it back, um, assuming that you can buy it back. And, and yeah, 99% of the time you'll be able to buy it back. But I think that there's there's always that small chance that you get stuck with one of these short positions. Like in this particular instance, my March 440, 410 example, there may be an, there there could be a point where you just can't get out of that option. So I feel like you're putting a hedge on like for no reason in this instance. I mean, yeah, you've got a little bit of money to be made between 440 and 410, but below 410, you have no coverage. Um, and, and, you know, I know what people do with this. They'll take the 410 and they'll say, okay, I'm going to roll it down to 380 and maintain my short position. You can kind of spin your wheels doing that. Um, you, you'll lose money on one position. If it keeps going lower, you could lose money on a, on a second short put position. I just don't see why as a farmer, you would ever want to be short any put. I don't understand why you'd want to do that. Um, if you're a cattle producer, I don't understand why you would want to be short any put under the cattle market really for any reason. If you disagree with me on this, I'd love to hear about it. Um, I'm all for a little bit of, of conversation. Um, if this is your favorite hedge strategy, tell me why. Uh, if this is a hedge strategy that has failed you in the past, uh, tell me how it's failed you. Uh, drop a comments in, drop a comment in the uh, YouTube video. Um, you can shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. If you're on Twitter, uh, you can tweet at me at standardgrain. I would love to hear what you think. Um, I don't know if I'll talk to you a whole lot before Christmas, so everyone have a Merry Christmas if I don't have a chance to say so. Uh, prior to that, uh, we'll catch you a bit later.